Welcome to Women with an F-Tub Mind. I'm your host, Ms. J. Marie. And it's not about awareness anymore. It's about doing the damn thing and ruffling as many feathers as you can. And here, we're about sexual assault, sexual harassment, domestic violence, and the lack of mental health help in our military. And we recognize it's a human issue and not just a specific gender. So just be ready for what we've got to say, because it's time to do the damn thing. So I know on F'd Up Fridays, I haven't really been doing a whole lot of episodes. Last week was really spicy, though. And this week, it gets even more spicy because we're bringing it into a whole different light. I know a lot of the times I talk about sexual assault, domestic violence, but one of our part of our platform is the mental health perspective on it. And, you know, doing fucked up things that can really play a part in their mental health. So thanks to Adam Dorito, Today we have on Autumn, who was a Navy Master Arms, and she's here to tell her story about the fucked up things that the Navy did to her. So welcome. Thank you, thank you. So, from my understandings, you were part of the, you were selected for K-9, which is fucking sweet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, it was awesome. So I went through... I went through boot camp and then I went to Master at Arms School, graduated on Friday and started K9 on Monday. That's awesome. I went. That's one of those things when I was in law enforcement, I'm like, kind of want to do K9. And then I actually wanted to do that. Like, I wanted to be MP when I was joining the Marine Corps. But ironically enough, I was too short, which is actually a thing. That's a thing. I don't know about (laughs) other branches, but I know in the Marine Corps, if you are not above 5'4, you cannot be a corrections officer. You can't be in law enforcement. You can't do any of that stuff if you are not above 5'4". It's crazy. Wow. Short Even girl though, problems. <laughs> exactly. It, it's a struggle sometimes. Um, that's irrelevant. Just a fun fact for people to share if they didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, tell us, you know, let's hear your story. Yeah, so um, I grew up in Iowa. And ultimately, the reason that I joined the military was because I just, I didn't have a great home life. Um, My parents were divorced, lived in two separate towns, super far away. My dad worked all the time. My my stepmom was super abusive. My mom was just busy with dinner parties because she left my dad for a guy with money. And all he was worried about was becoming a congressman. And nice. that, that was about it. So my grades were decent, but I'm just like, I don't have the support system, the finances, or honestly, the, <laughs> the dedication to get my schoolwork done and go to college. So signing on for massive student debt loans was not something I was ready for. So um, I joined the military. My cousin joined the army and he seemed to be having a really good time, but I didn't want to follow like directly in his footsteps. So um, I decided Navy was the best option because I didn't want to be another blonde in the Air Force. And <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but the Marines, like y'all were just too much. Like I heard too many crazy stories and I didn't want to be like 
locked up in my room every night because somebody did something dumb, which, you know, that that can happen any branch that you join, let's be honest. But yeah, but we all know the Marine Corps that <laughs> we're all crazy. Just to enlist, you already know that we're crazy. So the stories you heard probably aren't wrong. Right. <laughs> right. So that's uh, I ultimately I settled on the Navy and um when is an MA? I mean, like every aptitude test I took in high school told me that I should go into either law enforcement, CSI, something detail oriented. So uh, when I was in master at arms school in Texas, they were taking volunteers to go canine, which I didn't realize how lucky it was that that was happening. It used to be you had to have like five years in um, a, like a stack of recommendations. And then I guess they were just so short by the time that I joined that I volunteered for it, thought it sounded awesome and I happened to make it. So I'm super glad I did. Cause that was the best time that I had in the military. So fun. Um, there, there was only two other sailors from my MP course that I graduated with that went to canine with me. One was a male and the other one was a female. The other female, Pedersen, um, ended up washing out like the second or the third week. Um, and I, I only mention her because she's kind of a key part of the story once I get to my first base and ultimately one of the main reasons that I got discharged from the military. So didn't really know her then, but I would definitely know her in four months from then. So that was, it's kind of crazy how things picked up as soon as I left Texas. That's, you know, it's crazy that with the, I know we haven't dived into the story yet, but already literally just talked about this last week on my last F Up Friday segment. It was like, women tend to be women's worst enemy, even though you would think we'd be women supporting women. It's not quite always the case. Right. And, and it totally depends on your command as well. Like when I was in Texas, I had never had a support system like that. It was awesome. I loved MA school and I definitely loved K9. That was the funnest time that I've ever had to this date. And I was the only female and the class before me didn't have one and the class after me didn't have one. But I never felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. They definitely gave me like the biggest, most asshole dog ever. Like a hundred percent. But Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's the whole part of the job. If you can't walk into any one of those kennels and control your emotions and not be scared. Um, I think I got bit like my third or my fourth week there and it wasn't crazy. Like right in my thigh, didn't break the skin, massive bruising, but just in the middle of training, of course. And then went to the bathroom, like brush it off. Like, do you need medical? Nope. It was almost refreshing. Like, okay, well now I know what that's like. And I'm going to try not to make sure that doesn't happen again. And of course it will, because that's a part of the job. But I think like that was when I knew a, I could do it. And then B, the instructors 
turned around the next day and gave me like an adorable little lab. (laughs) So like, all right, you proved yourself. You're good to go. Carry on. But I showed up at Earl in um, New Jersey, which is a weapon station. So the base itself was large, but I mean, there's only like 20 people on this base and from day one, it was just really weird and very quick. My, I, I only did um, 11 months total in the military. <laughs> That's boot camp to MA school to K-9 school to my time at Earl. I only, I only did three months. That's, yeah. that's how short it was for them to discharge me. Didn't take long. You got discharged within the first three months? Yeah. That's, I mean, I know we haven't dived into the details yet, but even any type of discharge, to hear that it was such a short period of time is, like, not a thing. So that just almost contributes to how fucked up this is about to be. Correct. So I, I show up day one. And I put my bags down. There was one other gentleman that had arrived with me. And um, we put our bags down. I remember, like, filling out some paperwork and getting kind of like a mini tour of the area that we were at on base. Um, And mind you, this is my first base. So I'm like, of course, you know, oogling and everything. What's this? What's this? And um, out of nowhere, they go, all right. Schlimmer, uh, CO needs to see you. Just me? Like, not the other guy too, just me? All right. And it was a female, and I get called up into the office, and immediately she was just like, I don't know what the fuck you think you're doing, but we have been informed of your presence, and we already know that you're a barracks bunny, and that hair color is not helping. <laughs> and what? Oh, 100%. And I'm like, am I getting hazed? Like, is this new girl? Because, mind you, I am German, British, like, I have, and Swedish. Like, I am as white as they come, as blonde. I am naturally platinum blonde. I get white streaks in the summer. I had just come from Texas, and I just, you know, I, I totally get it. Um, you know, can I show you my driver's license? Like, you know, I'm like, look at my arm hair. It's, like, non-existent, but no, 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 you know, we, we already know, we already know all about you, and um, we'll, don't worry, we'll take care of your bags, but there's a shipmate waiting outside, and he's going to drive you to Walmart, and you are going to dye your hair a more natural color, and um, I just, I just can't believe that you're causing problems, and you just got here. Hold on, can you explain to me, do you just, did you just have, like, beach blonde hair, or... Like yeah, no, just naturally I have like platinum platinum blonde hair. Interesting. That that's we- so weird. But anyways, continue. Right. And I'm like, you know what? It's I, I just brushed it off. Like, okay, I get it. I'm K9, I'm supposed to be held to the higher standard, you know, who cares? Really. At the end of the day, it's eight bucks for a box of hair dye. Go with it, dye my hair, not a big deal. Um I go back that night and who is my roommate? It's Pedersen, the 
chick that I went to master at arms school with and the same one that failed out of canine. Didn't really put anything together at that point, but it was what it was. So I just thought it was interesting, small world. And she never said anything. Nothing ever, like, we never had words because we didn't really know each other. So I show up to do training. There's only one other canine handler on the base. Um, They have a brand new dog there, which they're, they're called green dogs meaning like they're fresh out of they're fresh out of training. So they need some refining. Um, I think I worked this dog for a couple days and then they sent the dog back and they never told me why. And I like, I, I never found out. So I was put on midnight gate duty a short time later. I was being told that, there was a couple of people coming to base and I needed to switch room. I was going to be moved to a single, the size of a broom closet. I'm like, okay, I think this is an upgrade. I don't really know, but I guess cool. If I don't have to share a room with someone that works. And then a week later, I am being called in, being told that I'm clearly using drugs and I'm an embarrassment to the entire base and they need the key to my room and for me to stay put and they need the keys to my car. Why would they need the keys to your car? I had bought a truck and they just, I I don't know if they knew that or not, but I offered it to them. All right, cool. Like I have a room by myself, so I know a hundred percent you're not going to find anything in there. Great. Here's the keys to my car. Nothing was ever found. Nothing ever came of it. Um, so I'm not understanding at this point why for an entire week I'm getting called in and being told they know I'm doing drugs. I'm like, well, <laughs> you guys have searched my room. You've searched my truck do you mind telling me like what's going on? Because I I don't know what's going on and I'm not understanding if I'm doing drugs, like wouldn't there be some like, when is my drug test? Cause I was never drug tested. Well, that's what, that would have been my first thing. Like, okay, you think like, I'm doing drugs and let's do a drug test right now. That would have, so <laughs> yeah, I just, I just assumed, okay, you're searching my, you're searching my room. You're searching my truck. Next thing you're going to march me straight over to medical, right? Like that's one, two, three. Like, technically, I'm probably one of the people that should be doing the search right now. But I I didn't have a dog. So they called in somebody to come search my truck. I don't even know who it was because the handler that was there had left. And then I was just told that I'm going to shovel ice for the time being. And then on, like, a Thursday, Friday... I was told that I was to show up for captain's mass next in a week. What is, forgive me. What is, what do you mean shovel ice? Like literally, or is that like, like literally it's New Jersey in the winter. So here's a shovel and go get that ice off the sidewalk. Oh, very well. Okay. I was just clarifying because I'm like, (laughs) branches have weird ass terminology. So I'm just like, okay, let me just verify this real quick. Yeah. 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 Like mopping rain, but colder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So you went, so you had Captain's Matt, like this is moving very quickly. Yes, there was 
no time. There was no, so I, there was no jag on base. I'm brand new. I'm 19. Um, my cousin is deployed. I have no one to call. But also, I'm thinking common sense. Like, all right, well, they haven't drug tested me. They haven't found anything in my room. They won't even tell. Like, it went from marijuana to spice to, well, we don't know what you're doing, but you know, something's up and, and we're going to figure it out. So half the time they were going to say they're going to figure it out. And half the time they knew I was doing it. And I'm like, I, I don't know if they're just messing with me because I'm canine. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I called a nearby base and their JAG essentially just said, well, we can't make it out there that fast. Why did you wait until the last minute? I'm like, dude, I just found out about this today. Like, I don't know. He's like, that's not possible. You know, you can't, you can't wait on this stuff. I'm like, no, it's pot. Like, they just told me. So <laughs> I, I don't even Jag is like, um, no, that's not a thing. Like, that's another red flag. Right. But ultimately, like, no one showed up for me. So I walked into Captain's Mass without any representation. And I was just, I, I don't know how long I was in there for. Um, I just remember standing in front of the captain and him telling me I had a very clear reputation on base and my reputation was ruined. Um, even if I went to another base, they would already knew, like, they would already know what a piece of shit I was. I'm supposed to be upholding, you know, the, the law. And not only that, I'm held to a higher standard as canine and, I have washed that totally down the drain by very clearly doing drugs. And I just needed to admit to what I had done. And I said, no, I haven't done anything. And he just said, just stop. Just let me stop you right there. Your whole reputation is ruined. Your whole time in the military, this is going to follow you forever. Like you just need to, you just need to tell us that you did it. And again, I, I said, no, three times maybe four but i know three for sure and at one point he just put his pencil down and put his hands on the podium and said well this will take as long as it takes what that's so this is weird <laughs> yeah it's super weird so i can't even imagine like i'm sitting here listening to this and i'm just like it's almost like nothing is going on upstairs in my head because i just can't fathom like what like any logical person, like what? <laughs> right. And so eventually I just broke down because I'm crying. It's been at least an hour or so. I'm not sure, but I'm getting nowhere. He's getting nowhere. And he's just like, look, you know what? You can you can get out and you can start over. Just leave it all behind. And I broke and I and then it was furious scribbling on the paper. Here you go. Get her out of here. Just sent back to my room, told I'm not able to leave. And then I was sent down to Norfolk for 30 days restriction, 30 days extra duty. Um, I, have, I have my eight point, but that is all that I have of my military gear because I didn't have enough money to fly home. 
because they had docked. So half of my paperwork says I got out as an E3. The other half says E2. Um, and I was issued a other than honorable, which I have recently come to find out a captain doesn't have the authority in a captain's mask to issue an other than honorable. So they you actually can... took advantage, like, forgive me for saying this, but literally they took advantage of the naiveness because you don't, a 19 year old's not going to know the system, know right from wrong as much as they should be educated on the system, but they took full advantage of that. And you being a female did not help at all. And they are right. You walk in there. They're basically calling you the bimbo because of the color of your fucking hair. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and come to find out, um, and, I, and I only know this because one of the other sailors that was there who knew that I didn't do anything knew Pedersen. And that was the only piece of evidence that they had was a written statement from Pedersen saying that she had witnessed me or she suspected that she had witnessed me of witnessed me doing drugs. But didn't specify what drugs, when, where, anything of that sort, or did she make up some weird ass story? I don't know because there are no records of it. I got a lawyer and there is basically no record of me being at Earl. They're the little girl that sits in court, you know, on TV that types everything that everyone says. She mm-hmm. was there. And those records are nowhere to be found. My discharge paperwork is nowhere to be found. I was not medically processed out. I didn't go through any of the training. Um, All I have from my time in the military are my two certificates from school, one DD-214, and uh, two years later, I was... um, I had a collection agency call me on behalf of the Department of Defense saying that I owed them $2,500 for not fulfilling my contract to the military. And I had to pay them back travel expenses What? what? for my 11 months, which I paid and I have the receipt for. Holy shit. And that's what I said, like, with the whole, like, three months. Like, it literally took three months. Like, there was a big... Yeah, I'm going to put this on blast. Can't really say my unit. But there was a whole drug bust in my unit. And there was like a whole LSD ring, like through every single little entity of the unit. Like it was insane. And how many people. And it's been, what are we in July now? It has been over seven months and people are still not out for actually doing drugs and distributing LSD. So I'm kind of even more confused on how it's even possible to process you guys out or process you out. My other question is, so like I said, every branch has like their own little thing. In the Marine Corps, when you check out, like to get out, there's like a checkout sheet. You got to turn in all your shit, whatever. Do you guys, like I know you said you weren't medically processed out, but like, did you officially check outs or do you guys even have a process for that? So we're supposed to. Like, even pedophiles get the, like, little video transition from your military time to your civilian time, or uh, supposedly, I don't know. But apparently you're supposed to get a lot of paperwork. You're supposed to go through medical and get checked, and 
I had, I, I didn't have any of that. And it says that I do on my paperwork, but I don't. And with COVID, I, I've tried getting my records and yeah, I mean, you know, the military, they take forever and then COVID hit and I don't even know if they still have that. So I'm probably going to have to repetition to get everything or probably, whatever they have. Probably somehow with how wild your story is, it's probably lost but, somewhere. But it's, it's, it's just insane. Like, I, I don't know what was actually going on in the sense that like a captain is putting himself on the line to illegally kick someone out because he didn't have the authority to administer an other than honorable. That can only be in a court-martial because there has to be someone from another base present to witness the evidence against them in order to administer such a serious discharge because it follows you forever. And I didn't realize that when I got out. It's been so difficult to get jobs it's insane so what are you like how like adam dorito like he's fighting like are you doing anything to besides talking about it are you doing anything to like fix this yes um so i didn't start speaking about this until the last month or so with adam because um, I'd been working with a lawyer for um, five years because they're expensive. And mm-hmm. with an other than, it's it's basically a dishonorable. I mean, you, I can't hold a security clearance. I, I essentially had to learn to a- apply to jobs and just answering I wish not to identify as a veteran. Like, I can't get any jobs on USA Jobs. Um, almost every single canine job I had gotten because I either knew someone or I had a good working interview (laughs) and they only asked for my certification. They didn't ask for my DD-214. So I basically got all of my jobs through luck. (laughs) But um, about a month ago, yeah my packet was finally given to the Naval Board of Review. And um, there's a couple of things that they didn't fix, like my reentry code, um, which is really just for reenlistment, but they did give me a general under honorable conditions, which there was absolutely no evidence we requested every record that we could from both the military and from the weapon station itself and we didn't get anything so it came down to my word against their word and instead of the board going well there was clearly nothing here we'll give her the honorable because she deserves it i got the general which I don't understand how they can even get away with that for the sole fact that all they had was a te- like a statement from somebody and then you moved rooms and then there was no drug test given. Correct. So that, that in itself should just knock the whole case out. Like that that's so cut and dry. There was never any test. Correct. It says, yes, she was on this. This is what happened. But did you and this girl, like, have 
of falling out or for the love of God if it was out of jealousy because she fell out of that canines. So no, I literally did. I literally <laughs> didn't know her. So that's probably what it was: is the fact that she washed out. Like as childish as that sounds, it's probably as if because she didn't make it through the program. I mean, that's what I'm suspecting because she's still active duty. Oh my god! From what I've heard, <laughs> has she spoken to you? Or have you spoken to her since this? Um, I did reach out. And I got a fuck you with a few expletives. You deserve everything that you got. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. safe bet assuming that it's out of pure jealousy, which is fucking ridiculous. Like, that's but, not going like, to change anything. Right. And, like, you can only blame her so much because right. the captain, the Jags, like, even the Jags that were at restriction, their job is to look over my paperwork, and no one did. No one went, wait, you're here for what? Why? Wait, there's that nothing in this. There's no packet. Like, oh. my authorized to sign on my DD-214, my captain didn't even sign it. He gave it to some GS-7 to sign. Which, after talking to a few people after I got out, they basically alluded to the captain didn't want to put his name directly on anything, so they gave it to a low-level civilian who probably didn't know anything either and just signed off on it to get the paperwork done and swept under the rug. Do you, so I'm going to assume so, that you remember who this captain was though, right? I, I can't find his name. Um, I've been scouring my paperwork. I was given one performance review. Um, I remember I had it at one point or I had a copy of it in my bag. It's on my computer, but, um, I don't remember his name, but yeah. But he was smart enough to not sign his name. He knew he was fucking up. Which is crazier because if he's not willing to sign that paperwork, he, you know he knew he fucked up. So he's going to have somebody that has no idea if their poor little heart signed this paperwork, thought they were just like, okay, here you go. Now it's time to get out. It, uh, it's, it's insane because it's well, such a higher rank doing this shit, too, that, like, knows better. <laughs> right. And not only that, but that's, that's the whole point. And you listen to, you know a few of the stories that Eddie Gallagher told when he was going over his case about how many low level enlisted military personnel are being punished for something that they didn't do or had something blown completely out of proportion because their JAG either didn't care or their command didn't care. And they just knew that they could railroad them because these captains think that they're Kings and they run their little kingdom however they want. And unless you have someone who's actually willing to do the work on their behalf, no one's going to look into this paperwork. And that's the sad, sad truth of, I mean, it's the reality of it. That's exactly right. Like so many people get shit. I've seen it happen personally in my unit to where people get shitted on when really one, it wasn't that big of a deal Two, didn't really happen. Or three, they just didn't give shit enough. And really, that, that service member just needed help. 
and it's it's sad right and even the review board like the review board could have fixed this but they didn't because well at the end of the day i guarantee you just my opinion but i think it comes down to money the fact that they would have to give me back my benefits they because i haven't had benefits at all i can't even get veteran plates on my car I, I had no access to the VA when I got out. And then they garnished my wages for the 2500 So not only should they have to pay me back the 2500 because I wasn't supposed to pay that in the first place, technically one could say you should have to pay me back for the last three years of service that I was more than willing to do. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, that's a safe assumption because even if it's just that $2,500, that... I've never heard that before. That's insane. Yeah, not to mention how difficult it is to get a job with an OTH. So when this all happened, it obviously took a toll on your mental health. Because it's like, what the fuck just happened? It moved so quickly. So what what happened once you got discharged? Um, I mean, I pretty much just shut down for a solid two, three years. I mean, I didn't, I packed up what I had and I put it in a box and I didn't talk about it. I I just, it was, I, I had had a boyfriend who was still in at the time and he just wasn't really interested in what had happened, which is kind of crazy to me. Like, Military people love love some tea, but apparently he just <laughs> <You're not wrong laughs> he had he had others uh, he had other stuff he was doing. So um, I moved I moved to Vegas. I just I had um, one of the master at arms that I had been in with, or I uh, I can't remember if I met him at Earl or if I met him somewhere else. But um, he hit me up and he was like, "Hey, I heard you're out." Um, I'm in Vegas. Like, it's super easy to get a job here. I'm looking for a roommate. You know, if you just looking for an adventure, let's go for it. So I said, screw it. And I moved to Vegas and started bartending. And once I started making money, um, well, I'll backtrack for a second. So there was one night where I was bartending downtown and mind you up until this point I had never I had never talked about it like literally no one knew my story I didn't tell anyone that I was a veteran I just swept it under the rug and um just tried to forget and one gentleman came into my bar and I remember him uh Jesse Summers and he is I believe he's still active duty actually but um I don't really know what made me talk to him that night, but the bar was slow and we were having a really good chit chat. And he just was like, "Ah, you just, you have such a like dry sense of humor. And like, I, I get like military vibes off you. And I just ended up like spilling my entire story. I just said, yep, this is what happened. And I don't know what happened, but that's how I got out. And I just haven't told anyone, but you're kind of the first cool person that I've met that was a veteran because I actively stayed away from anyone in the community because I just didn't want to talk about it 
and <laughs> he looked at me and said, um, here's my phone number and here's the name of the military justice center. What happened to you is not okay. It's super illegal and you need to call them immediately. Like whatever you have to do to get the money, like do it because you can get this fixed hundred percent. He was like, you have a case. And so I did. Good for you. Good for him. Yeah. Right. Like literally changed my life. So now, now what, what's, what's the game plan? What's, what's in store to help you to get this fixed? Is it kind of just like the waiting game now at this point? Uh, yeah, I have, I have a couple months left of the waiting game. Um, so I did receive a copy of my paperwork from the Naval Review Board stating, hey, you, your military records are going to be changed to general under honorable, you know, as of this date, da 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 2021. Um, but the actual DD-214 is sent out via snail mail. So I am still stuck in limbo because even though I have that piece of paper, I still can't apply for what I want to apply for because you need the copy of your DD-214. So that's what I'm waiting for. So what are, what are you doing now? Uh, I'm still still doing canine, actually. I've been doing, I got back into canine um, almost, it's been 10 years since I got out. I got out in 2011. So I did two, three years of bartending. So yeah, about seven years of canine. Um, hey. So you're back I to just, where your heart was. <laughs> oh yeah, I, there was no way I was going to do an office job. Like, let's be honest, I can't. I can't sit inside. I can't sit at a desk. Like as soon as I went to canine school, I knew there was, there was nothing else that I was going to do. Um, the, none of the police agencies or anything would hire me. Um, I couldn't get a security clearance for anything overseas, but um, there were multiple contracts in the States that I was able to land and um, three years ago, I worked the Saudi embassy here in DC and I just fell in love with the area. Um, I was able to make some good contacts and I'm working for a security company now doing canine. So my plan is next year, I'll probably move down to the Virginia beach area cause they just have, it, it's just the training center for all things military tactical, you know. Mm -hmm. so um maybe i'll land something out there maybe i'll finally get to deploy i don't know i i quit making plans because you never know what's gonna happen you just yeah clearly after story you never know what's gonna happen i'm still so taken back because it's just like you know you hear the horror stories and just the fucked upness of the system but like yours is like a whole whole different level of fucked up it's just a very different, like, very streamlined version of, like, it's, it's so intentional. Like, there's no, the, the paperwork got mixed up, and there's no, you know, he said, she said stories, like, it's just cut and dry. <laughs> yeah. So with telling your story and putting it out there, 
do you hope to gain anything from it or do you just want to be like spread awareness like this is the reality of the bullshit and this is not just a new thing like this has been going on yeah no I mean for me it's just awareness um what I get done with my lawyer in terms of like, I, I can go back to work now and I can finally like apply for the jobs that I want to apply for that for me, like mental health wise was the most, but um, this last year was the first year that I went on an irreverent warriors hike, which is just for veterans and they have them yes, all across the country. <laughs> and, but I mean, that was my first veteran event that I had attended since I got out in 10 years because of just the shame and the weirdness of not wanting to talk about it and then people ask questions and then they get confused and like if something like this happened to you and you were just young and got taken advantage of you shouldn't have to spend 10 years of your life skirting conversations and camaraderie with veterans just because you're still dealing with what happened like that shouldn't be a thing so I just want as better awareness for the younger kids who are in who maybe don't have that support system and join the military for that reason like make a few calls like and then make a few more calls if you're not getting the answer that that you want you can always call somebody else like don't don't take anyone's word as gospel because there's a lot of bullshit that happens in the military for some reason people think that because they had one training class or they've been in for five years that they know everything (laughs) but in reality they really probably don't yeah those are the people never had life experience and 90 percent of the time just talk out of their ass oh those are my favorites or they just they just get away with saying it because that's what they've always said and that's what they were told versus what the PMPs actually say. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just crazy and it takes a long time. Even even if you do get a lawyer, it, it's it's a long process. And if you can fight it while you're still in hell or high water, fight 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 because it's insane to try to do it once you're out. Oh, I don't doubt that. I mean, I'm sure it's a nightmare because once you're out, you're out. You're out of sight, out of mind, and not their problem anymore. And it's crazy. So if there's anything else that you want to bring awareness to or just make sure that it's known, is is there anything else? Um, no, I think for anybody that's listening, if they just need a place to start, I would say... Um... I'll just plug the Military Justice Center. I'm on the East Coast, so I know they're out of like North Carolina, but they took my case when I was still living in Vegas. So just because you don't live close by doesn't mean that you can't get help. And um, if if they can't help you, they can probably refer you to someone who can. And what was the name of it one more time? Uh, the Military Justice Center. Justice Center. Okay. The reason I asked to say it again is just so that people, because that's one thing that I'm really big on is like resources and making sure that people are aware of these things. Because the for me, especially even doing what I do, Military Justice Center, I, I've never heard of that. So you just educated me. So now it's my turn to educate others. Um, so thank you for that.
Oh, yeah. So, on that note, thank you. Well, one, thank you for taking the time to, well, one, reaching out and feeling comfortable enough to you to come to me about using the platform to share your story because that's what we're all about. We're, we're a safe haven, a place for people to share their story. So thank you for, you know, thank you for taking that time to do so. And I, I'm still just completely mind blown about, about the whole thing. At the same time though, I'm not surprised that some, some story like this has happened. And I am sure you are not the only one and probably not going to ever be the last one. Right. But that's why it needs to get out there. Cause especially among civilians, like if you get out and that's your entire friend group, like it's so hard to try to talk to them because everybody just assumes, well, it's the military and you probably deserved it. Cause you know, it's high standard and honor and this and that. It's like, uh, it's bullshit. We don't practice always. what we do. <laughs> <laughs> It's just something to look good for a poster. That's all it is. Yeah. Not not to say I didn't enjoy my time and I wouldn't go back if I had the opportunity, but you know, we'll we'll see. I might go talk to the coasties and see what's up. Yeah, that's where know. I'm at. I think I think once I go back to the homeland, the coast, the, <laughs> the National Guard might be what I'm looking at cuz me and the Marine Corps are not friends. That is for sure. Um, that's why I said the stories you heard probably are true. So, um, right. again, <laughs> thank you for taking the time to come on here and tell your story and educating others so that they don't go through what you went through and knowing that there are other resources. Like I said, you educated me and now educating the listeners. So, again, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was my pleasure and. If anybody is going through it, I wish them, you know, the best of luck. Well, and on that note, I'm Jay Marie, and I got so back. Women with an F up mind is not DOD affiliated or any branch of service. We are not endorsed by any of them, even the ones that we serve in. We're just about stating our opinions, talking about the experiences, and just how stating public records. So I just wanted to make that clear because all we're about is making people uncomfortable, ruffling as many feathers as we can, and you know, doing the damn thing.